Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Views from Section 107 podcast. I'm Jack Heinrich. I've been a Northwestern fan for about since I was in sixth grade. It was the first time that I really got into Northwestern, saw I follow really closely. And you might be wondering what the name means, Views from Section 107. Um, I've been a season ticket holder with my dad for the last six seasons and my brother joined uh, last season, the last two seasons. And those are, that's our section where we sit at Ryan Field, Section 107, uh, there on the 30-yard line. Um, on the visitor sideline this year it was Northwestern sideline for the last five years that we've been on. But welcome to the podcast. This is going to be a Northwestern athletics podcast. I know the name is just football, but this is going to be a broad view of Northwestern athletics from my perspective, from the views from Section 107 perspective, a fan perspective. And if you want, follow me on Twitter at Jack Heinrich 22 I tweet a lot about Northwestern, Chicago, national sports as well. Would love to hear from you guys there if you want to get in contact with me there. But this podcast means going to be about Northwestern and the news surrounding Northwestern. In this podcast, I want to start off uh, talking about football. I mean, the big addition for football this season was Peyton Ramsey. And since we have no sports going around, uh, might as well talk about uh, what the football season could look like, hopefully, if we can get that football season in during these crazy, unprecedented times. Um, I hope everyone's safe and staying home, washing their hands, and that maybe this could give you just a little uh, distraction for whatever's going on, give you something to listen to, think about for the future when we can have sports back and hopefully football is back by then. But we'll talk about Peyton Ramsey edition, my thoughts, look at his stats, how he might fit, what the quarterback situation is going to look like and how that can help them this season. And then I'll end it with a couple quick news and notes uh, from around Northwestern this past week, a couple of dates, um, stuff like that. And then I'll be trying to update this twice a month. The next podcast, I think we're going to look more towards the basketball season with the news, um, the basketball team with some of the news that's going around with recruiting and transfers and stuff like that. But super, super excited to get this underway. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. And with that, I mean, let's just jump right in. Peyton Ramsey. So he is a familiar name for those who follow the Big Ten and Northwestern football. Um, he played at Indiana uh, his whole career, started there the last couple of years. Been a really, really solid quarterback for the Hoosiers. And he decided to grad transfer this year. And he came to Northwestern. There were Northwesterns in the market for a couple of different quarterbacks after the abysmal play last year. And then about a month ago in March, he decided that he is going to be coming here and maybe and hopefully looking like, at least on paper, he can solve some of these quarterback problems that the Wildcats had last year, as we know. And if you follow the team, it's well documented that the quarterback position was a huge, huge struggle, huge struggle for Northwestern last year. And you just look, I mean, three win team after they came off the Big Ten West Championship, you're thinking that they might have bigger things in store. We got the huge hype with Hunter Johnson coming in and how he's like a quarterback that we've never had. He had to sit out during that championship year, going to the Big Ten Championship and then winning the Holiday Bowl. And you're just saying, at least a lot of people and myself are thinking that he can come in and give us 
a quarterback that we've never seen before, a five-star talent. He's a number one quarterback prospect in his recruiting class that included Jake Fromm and Tua Tungavailoa, who are going to get drafted this week later in the NFL draft. And it just didn't go the way we thought it would. It started with Stanford, a tough start. Hunter is the starter, and then he doesn't look good at all, doesn't look comfortable at all. And TJ gets hurt, and then we're using Aiden Smith. Andrew Marty comes in, gets us that win against Illinois. And now it's just, we got a ton of quarterbacks on our roster. But Peyton Ramsey, just look at what he did last year against Northwestern when Indiana won 34-3. He came in for Michael Penix Jr., who was hurt. 7-10, 108 yards and one touchdown. So that's the one uh, most recent game that we have with him against Northwestern. But we heard a little bit of rumblings that Northwestern was in the transfer market. They're trying to get this quarterback problem fixed. And we see Peyton Ramsey's visiting, and then he comes out, oh, he's, he's committing, he's coming here. And that just immediately raises the question with the quarterback competition, which I'll get into more later. But his story of coming here is actually pretty interesting. If you look at an article written by Charlie Goldsmith from the Daily Northwestern, it's on the main page if you go to the sports section. There's a really good article about how Northwestern came about going after Ramsey on the transfer market. Peyton Ramsey's dad, Doug, is a high school coach, and he was meeting with two coaches. One was a Northwestern coach and a Michigan State assistant coach. Peyton actually ended up calling his dad saying, hey, I'm transferring. I just want to let you know, like, this is what I decided to do. I decided I want to go play somewhere else. And his dad hung up the phone and talked to both of them. And he's like, you guys are going to definitely want to hear this. And it goes into how Northwestern gets in on him. And then it actually a really cool part of the story. I thought that in 2014, when Ramsey he was in high school he wanted to come to Northwestern he went to a camp but they didn't have a scholarship offer uh, at the time so he ended up going to Indiana and then now he ends up committing there but a really interesting thing that I thought from the article was that at the end of the year Indiana head coach Tom Allen uh, told Ramsey this is what it says in the article that he wanted him to stay in Bloomington for his last year and he said after the season coach Allen sat me down and told me he's very appreciative of the way I competed and and the way I came in he told me that the Indiana job was mine and then he said but something in me it was just a gut decision more than anything that told me I needed to go a separate way so he had the Indiana starting job if he wanted it he was going to have it over Michael Penix Jr. who was a freshman really good last year a lefty really athletic and run got a cannon of an arm but he kept getting hurt and Ramsey kept coming in and he led them to that eight win season I mean they had a really great year uh Indiana got ranked in the coaches poll at the end of the year they really were turning it around and they had a lead on Tennessee in their bowl game and they ended up coming up short and then he decides to transfer so if you look at his stats last year he's a big time all honorable mention at quarterback he threw for 2,454 yards 13 touchdowns five interceptions his career completion percentage is 66 and a half with his uh, passing yards is 6,581, 42 touchdowns to 23 interceptions. And you look at his stats from last year, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. You're like, that's pretty decent. You know, it doesn't blow me away. But when you look at the Northwestern quarterbacks, all four of them combined for six touchdowns passes in 15 interceptions and only 1,400 yards, about 1,404 yards between the four of them, the four of them. And it's well documented if you follow them that what was going on with Northwestern's offense is mainly because Hunter Johnson got hurt and TJ Green got hurt. Hunter didn't look comfortable running the offense at all. He really struggled looking like trying to pick up protections. There's a lot of blown protections when he was there. Uh, He kept getting hit hard. He got hurt a couple times and it was just a disaster. I mean, you look at the stats, Aiden 
Smith, three touchdowns and nine interceptions. Hunter Johnson, one touchdown to four interceptions. And Andrew Marty, who came in and actually played pretty well at the end of the year, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And then TJ Green only threw 10 passes last year before he broke his foot against Stanford. So you look at who they have, and TJ Green is coming back. He's deciding to use that red shirt, and they're bringing him back. But he wasn't... It, doing spring practice when they had the practices open before the whole pandemic really hit and we're in this quarantine and staying in your house and social distancing. So he wasn't there. And then Ramsey also wasn't there. There's a really good athletic article by Matt Fortuna on The Athletic. Uh, it's called Peyton Ramsey's Unfinished Business in Indiana before moving on to Northwestern. It kind of gives you a little bit of his major. He wants to be a teacher and he's got to finish up some school at Indiana. I mean, it goes through how it's like he's at Indiana but he can't practice with Indiana, but he's supposed to go to Northwestern and he can't really do uh, practice with Northwestern. So really good there if you're a subscriber to The Athletic. I think they're doing some free trials now during this time too. So definitely go check that out. He's got good stuff on all college football and Northwestern. But like I mentioned before, this is going to be a QB battle. We got our new offensive coordinator, Mike Bajakian, who is coming in and he... The thing that I like about Bajakian just really quick is that when you look at all of his stops... All of his stops through his coaching career at Central Michigan and then Cincinnati and then he was at Tennessee and then he went to Boston College. He even went to the NFL with the Buccaneers for a little bit. You look, he adapts. If you just look at what they do schematically, he adapts to who they have. And at Cincinnati, he had Travis Kelsey. So it was B. Travis Kelsey. And then last year, Boston College had two really good running backs, A.J. Dillon and... He's just they just pounded the run strong run game and then they would take deep shots down the field. And if you look at Northwestern's personnel, I mean, you can see they got the bigger back and the speed back with Anderson. They got a ton of backs there. Evan Hall showed flashes. They got more backs coming in. They've always been good at running back. And we did know that the tight end is coming to Northwestern now. It is not going to be the super back. So the super back is gone. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. But if they're doing that heavy run, I think that helps them a lot. They got some big guys on the offensive line and... They could just pound the ball with Bowser and then they take take their deep shots. And you look at what Ramsey brings. He can it looks like he's just a guy that, like he can he can come in and just run that system for you and be super, super solid. I th- he's got decent arm strength, but he's been pretty accurate. Like I said, 66 and a half completion percentage around there. And you look and you just look and it's he looks like a guy that can run the system. But you look at for me, like Hunter Johnson's got like the big arm, but he kind of struggled being accurate last year. And we know what TJ Green is. He's solid. He can run the system, the dink and dive. Uh, I think he's a little similar with Ramsey. Ramsey's more athletic. He can run a little bit better. But I mean, they got it's going to be a competition. You got all four of them. And Pat Fitzgerald was on the Carmen and Yurko show this past Tuesday. If you want to go check that out on the ESPN 1000 app, uh, you could find it there pretty easily on the podcast. And he said on there, they asked him a little bit about coaching. He's like, yeah, he's like, we got a new offensive coordinator. And we were able to install about half the offense that he wants to run in the eight practices that they got in. So they at least got like that and the big concepts he said, but a really good interview with him there if you want to go check that out. So you look at that and then they got... So mainly what we're going to be looking at is that quarterback competition once everything gets back to normal and we have this college football season if we do. Um, What does Ramsey bring? And like I said, he can run. It looks like he can run the system. He can be that guy who's solid. And the way Bajakian's offense, like I was saying, is they take deep shots, but they also do a lot of 
dink and dunks down the field, kind of like a pass run is what they called it. Like you pass it like three, four yards, get four or five yards, kind of like a run play. That's what he likes to do. And Ramsey would be really good at that from what I've seen. Like I said, decent arm strength, accuracy, 68% completion percentage last year. That was 10th in all of the NCAA. And he's mobile. He's he's able to run. So that'll help with the read option. Northwestern tried to run the read option a ton, a ton last year. And it really, it really didn't go well when they tried to do it. In my opinion, McCall would call it at just bad, bad times and it wouldn't work out too well. And then uh, he had 147.7 passer rating. So you just look at his year last year, really good, really solid. He looks like a guy that can come in. He can run your offense, compete right away. So that's the main thing we're looking at is that he can run the offense. He can come in and compete. It looks like he can be a guy who's steady in this offensive system. And that's all they're looking at. When you look at Northwestern and you look at their team last year, their defense at the beginning of the year and most of the year, probably three-fourths of the year, was really, really good, uh, really solid. Like when they were playing Wisconsin, they had like a top 10 defense, but their offense was so bad but you look at the defense and the defense could keep them in a lot a lot of games like the Iowa game they lost 20 to nothing but giving up 20 points in the college way college, people were putting up points in college football that's not bad and then they I mean their defense has always been solid with Hankowitz I think if you just get this guy a solid guy whoever the quarterback wins you get a guy who's solid in the quarterback position who can run the offense they can run the ball and the big thing is they just mix it up because with McCall it seemed like he would get really really um predictable like sitting there, I never played football, but I've watched a lot of football and I could sit in the stands and we'd be sitting there, me, my brother and my dad, we'd be sitting there and the people who sit around us, we could tell what play they were going to run, which way they're going to run it. Uh, we knew when they were going to run it. Uh, it was just obvious. And if we're doing that, that means the other coaches got to know. So hopefully this brings up some different stuff for Northwestern's offense and is able to get them rolling. I mean, they don't need to have like the number one offense in the big 10. They don't need to. That's not how they're built. They need to have last year. Boston college with Bajakian was the, in the thirties offense in the, in their rankings. If Northwestern can get an offense like that with their defense, they're going to win seven, eight games this year, especially with the way their schedule is. Their schedule is not that tough. A lot of the games are at home. Nebraska's at home. They do have to go to Iowa and to Penn State. But other than that, they got some easy games at home and they should be pretty well set. And I'll get more into that later on. But I mean, if they can figure out the quarterback play, I think they're in a good spot for this year. But now going to the competition for me, you look at who it is. It's Andrew Marty, Hunter Johnson, TJ Green and Peyton Ramsey. Those are the four I think that are going to be competing for it. Um, for me personally, my preference um, and you've probably seen if I, if you're on Twitter, I'm a big, big, big Hunter Johnson guy. I know he had a bad year last year. And if you just look at talent, I believe I think he's the best quarterback talent wise. Um, you can get on me for that. Um, but just watching him in warmups and watching how he throws the ball, it's just so effortless, so effortless. And I just think he needs to learn the system. He didn't know the system last year and he really struggled with that. But for me, the big thing is when I saw Ramsey commit, I thought he might transfer. But since then, it's been about a month or so and he hasn't. So I'm assuming that he's going to stay. I mean, he's got the Northwestern degree and it would be his third school he has to transfer to after coming from Clemson. So it looks like he's staying at least for now. But for me, watching him in person, you can just see the talent when he's in warmups. That throw he had at first UNLV is only touchdown uh, to J.J. Jefferson. 
it was just a beautiful like 50 yard pass and Northwestern never has a quarterback that accurate going down there. I think he got screwed because they had him on scout team the year he sat out instead of him sitting there learning the playbook, grooming him to be that next quarterback. And then he's trying to learn it on the fly and then he got hurt and then the offense wasn't going good and they just added pressure. But for me, I think if he, I think it's a competition for them between those four, but I think it's going to come down to Hunter and Ramsey. And for me, I feel like Ramsey has the experience. He has the big 10 experience, which is really, really key and it's his last year. So I feel like if it's his last year and he's coming here, I feel like he's pretty well on his way to the starting job. And because he only has one year left and he could have gone anywhere else and started. And I'm totally fine if they have to start Peyton Ramsey and he wins that job. I think it's great that they are just going to have competition. They got a quarterback who's established. Last year, those guys were really playing Big Ten football and really playing their first first football since high school last year because Hunter barely played at Clemson. Um, cause he was behind Lawrence and, uh, Kelly Bryant, the uh, one year he was there. So he brings that experience. And I think that will carry him to the starting job. So I think I expect Ramsey to be the starting quarterback at Michigan state week one, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they might not need Hunter. As we saw last year, Northwestern played four different quarterbacks who threw a pass and a couple others that ran. So I expect the quarterback position to be better this year. And especially with the new coordinator, it's a clean slate for everyone. They're all learning it. And if Ramsey graduates, then hopefully Hunter is ready to take that job the last year he's here. And then he's all set and ready for that. Maybe the expectations are a little bit off, but I'm expecting Ramsey to win. And I'm excited for the season. If they can just have, like I said, that decent offense, nothing crazy. They just need to be solid, like in the 30s or 40s ranked offense, total offense like Bajakian's done. I think they'll be in a really good spot. And like I said, with their schedule for the next year, uh, I think I'm expecting them to return to a bowl game. Um, I'm I'm doing last year's kind of like uh, a kind of just like an outlier. I'm not going to say fluke, but like an outlier because they're Northwestern's really since Fitzgerald has been there. They have been really, really consistent. And that's the one thing that he's brought is how consistent they are uh, getting like six, seven wins going to bowl games, especially in the 2010s. And I think that they can bounce back very quickly. Um, they're at Michigan State, Tulane at home, Central Michigan at home, at Penn State. That's going to be tough. But they get Nebraska and Maryland at home, at Iowa, at Purdue, Wisconsin at Wrigley Field, Morgan State in November, another November game at Minnesota, and then first Illinois at home. So, I mean, you look, they got some tough, tough road games, but those home games, Tulane, Central Michigan, Nebraska wasn't uh, what people thought last year. Maryland's up and down. Wisconsin's at Wrigley, but then Illinois and Morgan State, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's already, that's already six wins. Uh, you could look at where they'd have a pretty good chance of being favored in. If you're just basing off last year, you never know how things can shake out during the year. But if you just look at that, they're really close to being Nebraska on the road last year. They haven't played Maryland in a couple of years, but then they have Tulane, Central Michigan, and Morgan State. So that's three wins right there. And then they beat Illinois. They've beaten them the last five years. But like I said, you never know how it can shake out. But you're looking at it. They're looking to be in a pretty good spot to return to a bowl game. But we'll get more into that as the season approaches. But the big thing is going to be the quarterback play and if they can get that straightened out and Bowser can be healthy and they can keep their receivers healthy like JJ Jefferson and Kyrick McGowan got hurt last year as well. If they can keep them all healthy on the field and Jake King can, can find those playmakers. That's what he said. He finds the playmakers and he gets them the ball. That's just the simple thing. He gets them the ball. Um, I think they can have a nice bounce back year and the West is going to be wild again uh, with Iowa, Wisconsin, 
in Nebraska. Uh, it's going to be a wild year again with Purdue. I mean, it's going to be wide, wide, wide open, but that's my take. Peyton Ramsey, uh, hopefully get a little more insight into him and that he's just really, really solid quarterback. And I think he can definitely, definitely help this team and definitely has the best experience and look uh, statistically the best quarterback on this roster. And I think he has the inside track to start. But to end this podcast here in the last couple minutes, a little news and notes around Northwestern athletics. And the first thing I'm going to start with is an Inside NU article yesterday that dropped. And it's kind of surprising. I tweeted, I retweeted it on my Twitter or you can go to InsideNU.com. It says Northwestern slotted 25th in ESPN's post-spring FPI rankings. That's football power index rankings. So... This team went three and nine last year, uh, but since the original rankings were released, it says in the article they were 38th and they've jumped all the way up to 25th. So ESPN defines this index as a measure of team strength that is meant to be the best predictor for the team's performance going forward for the rest of the season. So it's thinking that Northwestern is ready for a bounce back year. They're probably taking into the fat, uh, the schedule, like I told you guys a little bit about how their schedule is pretty nice at home. But on here in the article, it says pandemic permitting. The the Cats have, are given more than a 50% chance of winning eight of their 12 games, according to the FPI. Um, and it says the four games where they'd be underdogs is Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin at Wrigley, and Minnesota. So those are three road games and three road games and that game at Wrigley, which is technically a home game. So maybe a little optimism there. Um, something to think about too as well with Northwestern football being top 25, I guess, back in the spotlight. I don't know how um, with all the question marks they have, especially with the quarterback position, but hey, I'll take I'll take it all day. I don't know, maybe something to get you a little excited about. It made me a little like, what? Really? You think Northwestern is really going to be back? But I mean, you look at that schedule. Um, they just got to They got to play one of those games. You can look at all the stuff you want on paper, which is what we're doing now, but they got to come play those games. And now switching gears a little bit to basketball. So Tuesday, uh, the big news dropped that freshman center Jared Jones who didn't play a lot off the bench, but he showed a lot of flashes that he can play at this level and be really pretty good. Uh, He announced that he is transferring from Northwestern. He put his name in the portal. I was surprised. I actually, I really, really like Jared Jones a lot. I thought he had a lot of potential and still does. I mean, wherever he ends up, but uh, I'll read you his tweet. It's on Twitter. It says, after careful consideration, prayer and counsel with my family, I've decided that it is in my best interest to enter the transfer portal. A sincere thanks to my teammates, coaches, fans, faculty, and staff of Northwestern University. The opportunity to compete in the Big Ten was an amazing experience. I am certain that the relationships I've developed at Northwestern will last a lifetime. I am extremely excited to see what God has in store for me next. So that's on his Twitter. So he decided to transfer. And I, I mean, I was sad. I mean, I like that he... I mean, he just brought that energy and he was a big guy. His body was already Big Ten ready and he was super athletic and he looked like he could develop into a really good player. But for me, when I first I started thinking about it a little bit after I heard it kind of makes it makes sense. If you if he's looking to play, they have they have uh, Ryan Young already there, who's technically the same age as him after he redshirted one year and he's already starting. And then they have Matt Nicholson coming in next year. And they have Pete Nance and uh, Robbie Barron all were playing ahead of him. So if you really want to get major minutes, I could see why he wanted to go elsewhere and try to find a new 
place where he'd play more. I mean, I wish him nothing but the best. I loved him as a wildcat, uh, just the energy he brought. And he, you could just see his like progression through the year as he fouled a lot at the beginning of the year, still a problem the whole year. But you could see that he had um, potential. And then Louis Vicaire, who writes for the Wildcat Report, had an article out there really good with his five thoughts about uh, the transfer. But he does say that uh, his decision was reportedly a surprise to the Northwestern staff. And he is the fifth Wildcat to leave the program since the end of the 2018-19 season. But he's the first non-graduate transfer. Last year, we had all those guys leave. Jordan Ash, Barrett Benson, Aaron Falzone, and then Tino put his name in this year. So he's gone. That opens up another slot. I'm going to be going more into the basketball recruiting and players and the transferring because there's been a lot of transfers under Collins uh, in the next podcast, the next one I get out for you guys. But speaking of the recruiting, a date to watch. So the Cats uh, are in on some really, really big time, big time prospects in 2021. And a date to watch, something maybe look forward to or or not, depending on where he goes, is four-star guard uh, Julian Roper is going to be committing on May 4th. Um, this would be a big-time recruit for Northwestern. He's four-star. He's a guard, two-way guard. And let me pull this tweet up really quick, his tweet. Uh, four-star guard. Um Northwestern is going after some Big Ten and city rivals here. That his four his list here is DePaul, Alabama, Northwestern, Ohio State, Illinois, uh, Akron, Oakland, Toledo, Miami, Ohio, Wisconsin, Iowa, Duquesne, Min- uh, Mizzou, Missouri, and Kent State. So a lot of options there uh, for four stars. Kind of a a wide range of mid-range and high major teams. But May 4th, that's the day he's committing. And he's the first one out of that really big time class of the 2021 where Northwestern is putting in a t- putting out a ton of uh, offers to four and five star players. Um, Charlie Gold uh, Goldschmidt again um, with this tweet here. He says, here's the updated list of uncommitted 2021 players. Northwestern has extended offers to five stars. Pat Patrick Baldwin, who is um, Pat Baldwin, who used to play and assist at Northwestern. um, And now he coaches at uh, UW Milwaukee. Uh, His kid, five stars, has connections, used to be the ball boy here at Northwestern when his dad was there. Uh, he's like the number three or four best player in the whole nation. Uh, Northwestern's on his list. Max Christie, who's from Rolling Meadows and goes to Rolling Meadows High School. He's actually really close to where I live. I watched him play one game. He's a top 20, top 30 player in the country. He's a five star and his mom went to Northwestern. So really strong ties with a couple five stars. And then they have a couple other uh, players as well. Tamar Bates. And they just got really good. Really good players that they have offered out there, but those are the main guys, Pat Baldwin, Max Christie, Julian Roper, and then you look, Tamar Bates is really good as well. And if you look at his, uh, Charlie Gold Smith Smith's tweet, uh, they have everything there, or you could check out uh, the recruiting sites, but I'll get more and more into that later. But that's a big-time class, and he's that first domino to fall in that class. So something to watch for on May 4th is when he's committing. And then, of course... The NFL hasn't really shut anything down besides just in-person stuff. They just keep going on with the league uh, calendar. So this weekend is the NFL draft. Joe Gaziano, Alex Miller, Jared Thomas are probably the three most likely Northwestern 
players to get drafted. Joe Gaziano is the most likely, but he was not invited to the combine. So it'll be interesting to see where he falls. But as Wildcat fans know, whoever gets him, that's going to be an absolute steal. He was just a stud at Northwestern, all-time sacks leader. And a team's going to get a really good player for a really, really good value, in my opinion. But it'll be interesting to see where he falls. And then Alex Miller, Jared Thomas, I'm sure if they don't get drafted in like the later rounds, they'll definitely end up somewhere um, in a camp. So That'll be something interesting as well. And then the WNBA draft had uh, had their draft last week. No Wildcats were picked. There was some buzz that maybe Abby Scheid, who led the nation in three-point percentage last year for the Big Ten champion Cats, um, who unfortunately got their season cut short due to this pandemic. But no one was picked, and uh, I haven't seen anywhere if they've got... if she or anybody else has gotten picked up yet, but I'll update you that when I find that. But... That is all I got for you this episode. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at JackHeinrich22. Uh, let me know what you guys thought. Tweet me ideas, things you'd like to hear on the podcast. I'm open to anything. And yeah, that's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see uh, you guys on the next episode of the Views from Section 107 podcast.